The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, the Passion View, which means the ladies will be with me. We're going to talk about kissing. Is that a deal breaker? I want you to think about that. Bad kissing, is that a deal breaker? Uh, Women and porn and some research on that. And what about equality and reciprocity when it comes to oral sex? Those are just some of the juicier topics we'll talk about uh, after 10.15. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. Remember, you can always email me your questions to laurie at drlaurie.com. Uh, I listened to your podcast, Boomer Panel, uh, I guess last month. At the end of the podcast, you asked if sex was better with age. I wouldn't say better, but different. I think in our 20s and 30s were the best years for us. We had a lot more sex. That was with three kids, two of which weren't in school yet, and a lot more varied sex after 35 years of marriage it's hard to keep that passion the same it's only human nature to compare those years to what it is now and your panelists were divorced or in new relationships that makes a difference and you bring up a really good point it's true in new new relationships no matter what your age is there's something that happens to the brain in brand new uh, relationships it triggers a, a like a, a lust hormone that really you can feel at any age but you're right fast forward 35 years into a marriage it takes a little bit of effort to create a spark it doesn't mean like I look at it as a fireplace with hot embers but they're just like there's no flames right and then you have to kind of do something you have to blow wind in there or something to get a little bit of flames going and uh, so it doesn't mean like it's there's it's cold coldness there it just means it requires a little bit of work to get a, a, a bit of flames going there and then research shows that as we age it's not as important as it was maybe when uh, when we were younger but that doesn't mean that uh, sex stops and pleasure stops and all of that stuff I got another email uh, hi so I got into a new relationship about two months ago and I lost my virginity to him before I started having sex I had a relatively high sex drive however recently it has been pretty low and sex does not feel good my clitoris is also not as sensitive as it used to be and I don't know how to get it to feel things again and and how to hire my sex drive back to the way it was or why this is happening do you know why this is happening so it's hard for me to say why without knowing a person and what they're going through but there's a few questions or avenues I would want to explore one of which is how do you feel in the relationship could there be on your part any ambivalence about the relationship um, some anxiety around having sex like I don't know your your history and all of that stuff so this is why a, a thorough evaluation is needed to be able to figure out what is the underlying cause a couple of other questions I have do you tell your partner how to stimulate you the way that you like like being able to express your um, needs 
to your partner is really, really uh, important. It's part of a good sex life. So letting your partner ha- letting your partner know how uh, you like to be stimulated is uh, is important. And when it comes to your sex drive, I would ask you have, has there been any changes in your life? Like we are all under a lot of uh, stress right now. Did you lose your job? Are you worried? Are, are you anxious about what's happening? All of these things affect our sex drive. So I wish there was like a simple, uh, answer and a simple solution, but our sexuality is just not that simple. There are many, many, um, factors that, that go into affecting our sex drive, affecting our arousal, a lot of which happens in our minds. Some of which we happen at a, at a subconscious level. We're not even aware that, that all of this is affecting our sex drive or we wonder like, why is this affecting it? But it does. So those are some of the things, the questions that I, I would lead you down that path to, um, to explore and, you know, if you need to speak to somebody, even if it's for one or two sessions to figure out what's going on, that might be a really um, good plan. A texter writes in, do you think a relationship can work if I'm 57 and she is 65? She thinks I'm too young, but I'm so attracted to her. Of course I have, I think that can work. I don't think that age at this point, point, um, matters, uh, really. I mean, you know, there's barely a, a 10 year dip. What is that? A, a eight year difference right there. I mean, you can have a really young 65 year old or an old 65 year old, an old 57 year old or a young 57 year old. Like I think oftentimes as we get older, a lot of it is in our attitude and how we approach life. And if you're on the same page in how you want to live your life and you want to live the next years of your life, then, um, I think it works. Plus women have a longer lifespan than men. So it could actually, uh, work to your benefit or to her benefit. So, uh, I, I don't see, uh, I really do not see, um, a problem. Texture writes in vive le Montréal libre avec des masques, peace. To all, Dr. Petito included, especially because she's super cool. Ah, oh, thank you. Yes, and you can wear a mask and be cool at the same time. Make it, You can find all kinds of fun things to do with masks. So get, we can get uh, creative. I got a text, uh, an email rather, on over the weekend on Saturday from Mindy, who's down under. So they listen the next day to the show, but they listen live. Uh, it's one of those Saturdays we have to work, but you are making the day much better. Lunch with Lori gang. That's what they have called themselves. Hi, Dr. Laura. I like that fireplace metaphor for sex drive and age of the relationship. 57 and 65, I personally don't see any kind of inherent problem there. Thank you for your input on that. Can a man of 60 happily marry a 29-year-old? So now we're talking about a 31-year difference. And my question would be, look, Okay, the question would be, what do the two of you have in common? Do Are you on the same life, like do you have the same life plans? Do you have this, do you share the same values? Does this 29-year-old want to have 
children? Uh, do you want to have children at this age? So then these are questions that you want to think about. You're both adults and I, it's not me who's going to judge you for, for this choice, but people will judge you, by the way. People will look at you walking down the street and they might think to themselves, oh, he must have a lot of money or, oh, it's a trophy wife or whatever. You don't have to care what people think. If the two of you are happy this way and the two of you have discussed all the potential uh, issues, I mean, does she realize that when she's going to be 50, which is relatively young, you're going to be um, the 20 years, so you're going to be 80, right? So she might have to take care of you. And if that's okay with her, again, these are some of the issues that, that would come up. But the first one to get through is the, the kids one, because 29 is around the age when women start to think about having children. So that's something that you would want to think about. And it's a, it's an issue that's interesting. And I would love to maybe spend uh, more time on this and maybe we'll do a show on, uh, on age gap. I think we've done one in the past, if I'm not mistaken. So you can always look at the age gap relationship podcast, uh, from the, in the past few months on the website and, um, look at what some of the responses have been. Uh, this text writes in 60 and 29. Oh boy. No, not that it can't ever work, but there's a lot of probable risks of mismatch there. And that's uh, yeah, probably so. Coming up, the ladies join me. It's always fun to have Paris and Dania on with me. We'll talk about bad kissing. Is that a deal breaker? Could that be a deal breaker for you? Let us know at 514-800. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Oi. Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. It's the Passion View tonight. So exciting uh, to have the ladies on with me. Uh, we have, uh, of course, our usual uh, suspects, Paris Mansouri of Parisology.com. She is a frequent CJD contributor. Uh, Fridays, you can hear on Fridays uh, at 9 with John Paul. Uh, we have Dania Beznos who is a, a mom, stepmom, grandma, and entrepreneur, and she joins us as well. How are you, ladies? I miss you. How you doing? Good. Good. Paris, good, how good. you doing, honey? It's going, look, it's going by fast. I, I can't believe how quickly the weeks are going. I mean, it's October 12th next week. I know. It's like seven months since we've pretty much been cocooned. At least you've been hibernating a whole lot more than most of us. I feel like you, I don't know, I just see all of my friends going out and uh, going to restaurants and obviously social distancing, but I, I don't know, mentally I'm just not there. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't really go many places except Costco <laughs> every I'm once really in a while. I'm really excited for it to be over because I have purchased a lot of restaurant gift certificates oh. <laughs> to support friends. So I'll be ready once this is over. But. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think we're all in, in pretty much the same boat. Now, of course, we're back to Zooming 
zooming relationships and and online stuff so but listen we're going to make do we'll have to look for whatever silver linings we can uh, drum up all right are you guys ready to talk about love sex and relationships we'll do our best (laughs) yeah a little more enthusiasm ladies huh okay um (laughs) all right let's talk about kissing for a minute now paris is single um Dania's not. She's been uh, remarried now for many, many, many years, and I've been married for many years. That doesn't matter. Kiss, we kiss anyway. So we, we, whether you're single or whether you're married, let's talk about kissing. There are research to sh- there is research to show that not everyone loves to kiss. If you look at the worldwide um, statistics, for example, less than half of the world's cultures, like 46%, enjoy kissing for the sake of romance, which I found really, really interesting. So I don't know if it's a, a very much a North American thing or, or what have you. But then there was another interesting uh, study that showed that a bad kiss can be a real uh, deal breaker. Uh, so I want to talk about that. Has kissing ever been, and I'm especially you, Paris, because you're single and maybe kissing more people than we are. I haven't <laughs> kissed anybody else besides my husband in 25 plus years. Um, what are, what say you, Paris? Would you not continue a relationship with someone if they were a bad kisser? And what's bad kissing? Bad kissing is relative to each individual. To but obviously there is like bad breath, drooling, <laughs> drooling. you know, too much saliva. You mean? Yes. <laughs> things like that. But I mean, to some people that might not bother them. Uh, it's just, it has to do with chemistry. I have overlooked bad kissing and people who I just have not enjoyed kissing and pursued it. And those have always been the relationships that have like just beautifully disintegrated. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect to hear the word beautiful and disintegrate at the same time, but okay. It, it was a, a catastrophic disintegration. It's all, I don't know. It's, I think there's something to it. I would say that the life lessons I've learned have lead me, have led me to uh, be a, a little more concerned if the first kiss is not great. Right. And on the contrary, I have a story from a a friend of mine who was totally not like went on a couple of dates with somebody was not her type at all, but he kissed her and that kiss sealed the deal. It was like, she said, I never, that happened to you too. Yes. I wasn't just talking about you, Danielle. Like uh, there are (laughs) other people have experienced this clearly to me too. 100% it's happened to me to someone who I never thought I'd be attracted to. And then the kiss just changed everything. Isn't that crazy? And you too, Danielle. Yeah. How, so how important like that? Have you talked? Yeah, it, it can be. It's like when you don't think the chemistry is there, but then that you lock lips and it's like fire. Right. Something. You don't forget those kisses. Yeah. Something. Something happens there for sure. And right. we can talk about kissing too, like long term, because believe it or not, when I speak to couples, I I'll often ask them, "How much kissing, making out, do you actually do?" Because at the beginning of a relationship, we do. You know, it's mostly what you do, right? You kiss in every chance you get, and then as years go by. 
I hear from couples that they barely kiss and sometimes barely kiss when they're making love. And kissing is just, I think, one of the most sensual things you can do. You're shaking your head, Paris. What? Yeah? You're, yeah. You're, I, in, I, <laughs> you're in fantasy land right now? Are you thinking of that no. first kiss? <laughs> no, it's, you know, there's some, something that you, I don't know if this was taught to you, not that my parents ever taught me, but, you know, you, you're taught to, like, value your first time, your first kiss, your first everything, but I feel like every time you date someone new, that first is a first. Yes. And there's just something yes. so magical about it, regardless of whether it's the 50th person or the fifth person, you'll always remember your first kiss with a With person. that person. I think you're right about that. And they're all different. You yep. can have the same chemistry, like a, a, that kind of chemistry, with a, a completely different kiss. You just made me think of the very, very first time I ever had a kiss. Uh, I remember that one. <laughs> uh, was it good? Yeah, it was, uh, it was electrifying, of course, especially when you're uh, when you're that young. Uh, so I have a, a couple of texts here. A kiss can be magic. I agree. Uh, I think a bad kiss is when it's just too wet, and your counterpart thinks it's a tongue race. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> uh, this person says no interest. Uh, what's the definition of bad kissing? Is it no interest in French kissing? Maybe. I've been in relationships with women who didn't really like it, whereas I do. Never was even close to a deal breaker for me. Mm. So some people, it isn't a deal breaker um, at all. And someone else said, the best lover wasn't the greatest kisser. Too passionate, almost knocked my teeth out. But the loving part was well worth it, they say. So so they overlooked the kissing. I I don't know if I could overlook the kissing, personally. To me, that's far more important than anything else somebody does. I think the rest they can learn from like, you know, a little guidance of of paying attention to what I would need. But that kissing part to me is, is still important, still important. Dania, what are you thinking? Oh, I totally agree with that. (laughs) Dania's also thinking about that first kiss. Look at you. (laughs) There were a few first kisses that I've been thinking about, actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I totally agree. Also, I don't like that very, like, over-the-top, passionate kiss when you first kiss someone also, Mm -hmm. like that other woman described. But, um, But listen, if there's chemistry, I guess, like I said, I didn't think there was, and then... I was totally shocked. So you just never know. Right. Now, yeah. if you were, it would kissing, bad kissing be a deal breaker for you? If you think before you, before you got married again? Um, maybe, maybe not. It depends. Cause sometimes, you know, you really feel like you're attracted to someone and then that kiss wasn't so great. So you kind of want to give it a chance just in case it was an awkward moment or whatever it was, you know? Yeah, you get so, it. Yeah. I would get, I, no, it wouldn't be a deal breaker for me, especially if I thought I felt something for that person. Right, except for me, if, yeah. the, if the kiss wasn't good or didn't get better, then you uh, you lose the attraction. I fa- that's what I found. It's like It has to be over the course of a couple of kisses. You can't tell from the first one, but if, it, if that lingering feeling, that finger, that feeling lingers, 
yeah, to mm-hmm. take it as a big sign. Yeah, a couple of texts here. My first French kiss was at 12 years old. Thought it was disgusting. She was 16, but the second kiss had some touching, and suddenly I loved it. Uh, I was once told our kiss in the movie theater was what made me move forward. So, again, see, I think that's from a guy probably, who, or maybe it's a woman, uh, where the, the relationship advanced because the kissing was good. So that... It's a sealer, right? You know, sealed with a kiss. It can seal a deal, that kiss, actually. Uh, But romantic kissing in general, I think it is important. And luckily, the women I've been with have enjoyed kissing at least as much as I have. Those stories of surprisingly pleasant romantic kisses are great. Yeah, it's great when when it works out well. So coming up, well, I'm going to have our stupid sex story of the day, which you guys can certainly comment on. But I want to talk about this topic and I want our listeners to weigh in on this. Maybe a little bit of a delicate uh, situation, but Paris, I think we've talked about this before, I believe. When a partner is hesitant to give to give you oral sex, and I'm not talking, I'm talking about when a, the guy in hetero relationships is reluctant to go down on the woman and research has shown that there's real inequality in terms of the um, either the frequency or the desire to or what in the reciprocity. There's real inequality in the reciprocity. And I want to talk about that because that could be a deal breaker for some people, actually. So maybe when we come back, we can talk about why are some men hesitant to go down on women and maybe you've heard from men and maybe they've shared this information with you so we can certainly talk about this this is the passion view the night where the girlfriends are with me and we talk about all these issues from a female perspective if there's any issues you want to bring up with these ladies please text them to us at 514-800 Paris Mansory Dania Beznos with me tonight coming up your stupid sex story of the day. Right now, let's check in with the CJD 800 Newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Before we get back to our ladies, uh, let me share our stupid sex story of the day. Here's the headline. It should tell you all, but boss unsure what to do after catching an employee, and this employee was a teenager apparently, pleasuring herself in the break room. A lot of these are are found on Reddit uh, where people, you know, put out things on subreddit to seek guidance from from strangers Uh, so this 24 year old male caught his 19 year old female employee playing with herself in the break room and he says I don't know how to move forward with her employment I've been an assistant manager at a family business since I was a senior in high school and recently got promoted to manager this girl was hired in February as part-time. She's been a very good employee, punctual, hardworking, and has really tried to prove herself. Yesterday, she takes lunch at the normal hour. I go to run an errand and tell her I'll be back shortly. She puts the sign on the door and locks it. We'll return at 1 p.m., etc. I get back from the store about 30 minutes later and notice the out-to-lunch sign still hung on the door. 
I unlocked the door with my key, walked to the break room to let her know I'm back, and when I walked in, she had her pants and underwear down to her ankles and was playing with herself in the break room. She apologized up and down, was crying on the way out, and said how sorry she was. I was pretty upset myself and without hesitation told her to get her belongings and call it a day. But now uh, asking for, you know, advice, like she's a hard worker, etc., hates to let her go, but that is totally out of line and we feel she needs to be terminated and then there's advice. So somebody wrote in, if a dude was beating his meat at work, I'd fire his butt on the spot. Not sure how her the language her flicking her bean is any different but you do you um again it's public i suppose public masturbation i'm not sure that that's so cool to be doing at work i think most of us would have an issue with that period uh i don't know if you you ladies want to weigh in uh paris you want to weigh in on that no <laughs> i don't blame you i don't blame you to add to it i know we eh? have no legal advice i don't have any psychological <laughs> advice not a professional this is a question for professionals to I'll me to this is a, this is a question of boundaries it's the thing you don't do at work whether you're it's a man or a woman it's completely inappropriate exactly yep. Uh, so we've got Paris Mansouri of parisology.com, and she's a frequent CJD contributor. She sits in for me when uh, I'm not around also. And Dania Beznas, who is uh, with us, she's an entrepreneur. She's a mom, grandma. Uh, all right, let's talk about, oh, actually, the Passion Poet wrote you guys a poem. Want to hear it? we are under some restrictions it started october 1st closing restaurants and bars nowhere to quench our thirst now with the closing of gyms we must find other ways to flex there's a way to get that heart pumping if we get in some good pounding sex but some may be single and if you play by the rules you are alone in your home playing with your own family jewels but it's ladies night on passion what more can a single man ask three sexy women talking about sex but are they up to the task First, we have married Lori. We know she's not alone. Second, we have Dania, sexy queen without a throne. Finally, we have Paris. Check her out and you will see she's a beautiful single woman, so she is part of verse three. <laughs> There's no better way, no better start to a week. A Monday night with these ladies, they come fully equipped and turbocharged. <laughs> I love the passion poet. I love for his words. He loves so you too. Good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Texter writes in, awkward for both parties, discovering the employee masturbating, notwithstanding the apologies and crying in youth. It is pu- it's public exposure, which makes it a uh, no-no. Okay, let's talk about this delicate uh, subject here. And um, it was an article that was uh, written by Emma McGowan. And the headline was, my partner is hesitant to go down on me. What do I do? And the question was, why are some men hesitant to go down on a woman? There was an interesting study that was done in the UK that found that both male and female um, high school students thought that going down on a woman was distasteful and a bigger deal than going down on a man. In 2017, a much larger study found that women were twice as likely to go down on their male partners than they were to receive oral sex from said partners. Now, I d- there have been years, centuries of 
vagina shaming, if you will, uh, people believing that vulvas, vaginas are, are gross or smelly or ugly. Um, but I mean, I don't think they're objectively any smellier or grosser or uglier than penises and testicles, you know, (laughs) like all (laughs) genitals have some kind of like odor. It, as long as it's not an unpleasant odor, there's a difference between unpleasant and a, a an odor, whatever that that odor is. But so, what do you make of the the lack of reciprocity when it comes to oral sex, or that women stand for that lack of reciprocity? Did you say what year this study was done? One was in 2017, and one in 2016. Okay, so the thing, and it was done in the UK, right? One in the UK and another one somewhere else. I don't know. Okay, so the UK is extremely diverse, like very, very multicultural. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that a sampling like that is representative of one culture. I believe that when you get such a diverse sampling, really cultural beliefs, falls into play with it as well. If you would have said that, you know, this is a country, like if you look at a, a, a country that does not have, that is not so multicultural, not mm. so diverse, I think if you're saying, oh, we took a sample from Montreal versus if we took a sample from, you know, Quebec City, you're going to get a different sampling of people. Yeah, so, but there, there's a reality, Paris. I, I'm sorry. I, I still think it may not be representative of all people everywhere, but let's be real. We there we there we do shame. There is a, a vagina shaming that goes on. Like that is a reality that has been around for a very long time. We don't say we call vaginas smelly or ugly. Nobody calls penises and testicles smelly or ugly, and yet there's no difference. <laughs> you know what? Women are fighting for equality all the time. Yeah. In all ways. This is one way. And I think there's some very old-fashioned thinking still very prominent in sex, for sure. And that's probably one of them. Yeah, I, I do think it's a, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a double standard. Now, so I've got some good text here. If I can manage to get a man to admit he won't give oral before we ever date, then the first date ain't going to happen. If I find out on a date, the trip to the bedroom won't happen either. Saves me from wasting my time because it's a major deal breaker for me. And that's from a woman. And I can, I get that because for the majority of women, they need clitoral stimulation to get there, right? If men are only interested in intercourse, well, she's out of luck. That's right. So absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. I once uh, went down on a woman, the only woman that was not a good experience. Did it second time, same experience. There was something about the taste that was not good. Was a deal breaker for me. She has no ge- hygiene problems, just the way it was. When I got a new girlfriend, was hesitant, but turned out okay. I know of only one guy who does not like it. Very small minority. I love pleasing orally. I wonder if it's a small um, minority. I I don't know. Uh, Oral sex, also not a deal breaker for me, but definitely I'm all about reciprocating 
if and when it happens. And this is what we talk about, right? Any man, this texture writes, who refuses to give oral sex should never expect to receive it, period. And I think the message that we're talking about here is the the reciprocity of it all. Of course, would love to hear some of your thoughts on this. Uh, coming up, we'll talk with the ladies about um, women and and porn watching. Something, uh, some other research that looked at this. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Tonight, it's the Passion View. Uh, that means the ladies are with me. Paris Mansori of Parisology. Dania Beznas, uh, also an entrepreneur. Paris is single. Dania is uh, married for quite some time. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, I just have some, some text messages about reciprocity when it comes to uh, oral sex. Uh, for me, it's the opposite. I enjoy oral, but my girlfriend never initiates, or if it happens, it's very brief with her doing it. What is uh, your opinion? Um, it's also interesting that not everybody, it's not something that everybody enjoys doing, right? If both people are okay with whatever's happening, like if they're okay with the level of reciprocity, then it doesn't mean there's a problem. It doesn't have to be you do me, I do you in equal numbers. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. But I would ask the question of the why, like where is that, where is comfort um coming from you know as one person says uh, i absolutely don't get vagina shaming it's misogyny as far as i'm concerned but it's not all it's not always a sexist thing sometimes we don't know what it is it could be the teachings of or what you learned about it or some of that internalized uh genital shame i guess or, or vagina uh shame something like that if I had to choose between um, intercourse or oral, no contests from a guy, oral all the way. I think most guys would agree. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. Uh, on several occasions when a man exposed his privates, I had to leave the situation due to the suffocating, rotting fish odor. Why isn't this ever talked about? Right. So all genitals can have a smell. Why is it that we only associate odor with female genitals when it comes to men of course good good genital hygiene is important especially if uncircumcised um, in terms of, of, of proper cleaning and, and things like that showering like bad hygiene anybody that's the uh, that's the reality bad hygiene will just turn people off so think about that you want somebody you want to get sexual with somebody like uh, yeah be clean <laughs> be clean <laughs> i don't know what you guys think about how i don't even have to ask like who who doesn't want good hygiene paris is do you have any opinion well, on we, that anyone who's heard me more than once on the show is my number one most important thing hygiene but i rem i don't recall ever speaking to you about like us having a conversation about this I just know that there's one guy that I dated and it was, I would say like third or fourth date conversation, no intimacy yet, but he was very clear in that he did not expect it from me and did not, uh, basically told me not to expect it from him. And it was, he was very serious about our relationship off the bat and he was very clear that he wanted to marry me and 
He also said that this was not something that he expected his wife to do, and it's not a husband's role to do either. <laughs> but he did say that he would be getting it extracurricularly. Oh, yeah, great. Okay. Well, that's the Madonna whore <laughs> complex. You're my wife, and you're the saint, and saints don't go down on anybody. Uh, so I'll just go to the you know, the, the sex worker or whatever to get it elsewhere, who's not anybody who's not my wife. Yep, and it was just so incredible how matter-of-fact he was about it <laughs> and very comfortable, and this is how it's going to be, and I hope you're comfortable with it. Yeah, and that was the deal-breaker right there. That was the deal-breaker. There's uh, other red flags. <laughs> yeah, well, so that would have been a, a real big one. Uh, here, this text writes, Imperfect woman, tasted horrible. What do you say or do about it? Difficult. Um Someone says, I always love your show means a lot. So let's talk about that for a minute, because it, if it's horrible, if it's really um, an odor that is super unpleasant, then it means something's happening down there, right? Some women have bacterial vaginosis and they might have an infection or yeast infection or something going on down mm-hmm. there. I'm just, how would you like somebody to say that to you? That That's the, like, got to think about that. Like, how would you like it addressed to you? Dania, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I guess it depends what point you are in the relationship. Yeah. Uh, I think that if if you're in something that's starting to be, you know, something really important or you, then maybe there is a way to discuss it. Maybe there is a reason for it. And maybe she didn't realize that that was happening. It's possible, but I think it, you know, it's got to be when you already have something together to be able to discuss something like that. Yeah. You would think you would be able to, to do that. And you can just say like, I, you know, I, I love doing this and, and whatever, but I'm noticing some, a different, uh, hopefully it's different and it's not like right off the bat. I'm not sure how you say it right off the bat. Right. Um, You know, um, I don't know. It certainly wouldn't be a comfortable conversation. But it could be something, I mean, I don't know, I'm not an expert like you. It could be something that she's not aware of and mm-hmm. it could be changed or corrected or right. I don't know what would cause, you know, right. an offensive smell. I have no idea. The other thing I, you might suggest too is is suggesting to take a bath together first or a shower together first, like just get kind of get that out of the way and that can be mm-hmm. part of the foreplay, whatever, and if and if you still notice um, a foul, like if it's a foul odor, if it's just a taste and no odor, that might be different. Then you can experiment with like, I don't know, uh, uh, lube that's uh, uh, flavored lube, for example. That's a way to get around it. Right. Like not everybody has a taste for different things, right? Like so- it could just be the the taste of it. I don't know for for that particular person. Maybe right. she's completely normal, uh, and so there's ways of playing around with that. And that's why flavored lubes are a really good uh, a really good option uh, for that. Paris mm-hmm. person writes, "Who are these guys?" Paris states, "One in a million. You should play the lottery." Uh, <laughs> and then another one. Woo! Good that Paris didn't marry that guy. Yikes! Yep. <laughs> 
And from a guy, no, no, I don't agree. I don't prefer oral over uh, intercourse. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh, quickly, quickly in the next couple of minutes that we have left, there was a research done on women and pornography. And there was a study done that found that pornography used during masturbation um, was um, led to uh, more, e more uh, easier getting aroused, like less difficulty reaching orgasm, um, greater orgasm pleasure, and a higher chance of reaching uh, an orgasm in, in women who were users of porn. Of course, not all pornography is created equal. There's a lot of porn for women out there now. Um, so I don't know. What, what do you think, Paris, about porn use? <laughs> like, what do I think? I don't, this research study, like I, I wouldn't, uh, like when you were talking, I wasn't like, oh, that's me or, or any of it. Yeah. I'm not even asking about your own, like, it's not about you personally, oh. but the, just talking about women and pornography, because here again, we have a bit of a double standard. We have a societal assumption that it's a man thing to view porn, whereas research shows that, and the statistics from say, uh, porn companies are showing that about 40% of viewership is coming from women. So it's dispelling a myth right there, I think. It can help when you get older. Absolutely, it can help when and, you get older. And you're losing your, you know, <laughs> Your mojo. <laughs> it gives, so it can give right. you a little mojo is what you're saying, right. Daniel. you're kind of like, oh, maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> there you go. Something, something to add to spice it up. It has that's its it. use. Why not? There you go. From, yes. a, from an older woman herself who tells that's you, right. go for it. I'm thinking, oh, that's a good idea. I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh, ladies, we never have enough time to get through all the wonderful topics that uh, we could talk certainly talk about. Thank you so much, and we will speak to you again next month. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Stay safe, ladies. Thanks. Good night, everybody. Good night. Uh, thank you all for spending your time uh, with us tonight. Thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com, where you can also find the podcasts of all the past shows. You can also get them on the iHeart app if you just uh, click on the CJAD page there. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you this CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.